Recorded live, high above planet Earth, inside an abandoned moon base, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Slaughter Film. Animals, I am Corey Wax Lips Carr, and I'm accompanied as always by Forrest Trail of Tealer, Tears Taylor. <laughs> that was a mouthful. And Rihanna, the intern push check. Hey. Who, hey. Yeah. I'm uh, glad to say we will be, uh, uh, she will be participating with Slaughter Film and yeah. all of our activities, mm-hmm. some writing, some podcasting, maybe later commentaries. Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. You know, so if. You listening, you regular filthy animals, I want you to make sure to welcome her, make her feel a uh, part of the crew or whatnot. Right. So, uh, but she's, yeah, she's going to be a lot of help, I think. Oh, yeah. We're, we're glad to have you here because we need yeah. a lot of help around here. Yeah. She has experience <laughs> and, and, you know, she's going to have insight and I'm sure she'll run a lot of our, our errands for us. Of course. You know, when we're busy and <laughs> she'll get for us and I beer, you know. And we, we need a lot of beer. So yeah. You know, glad so to just have Just like you whatever we, we want. Yeah. So just, yeah. Anything we want at any time. You know, just... <laughs> yeah. Um, get fucked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This well, is, yeah, this yeah. Is already off to a great start. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, <laughs> see, this is the uh, twice postponed episode that we yeah. promised, and that was a mistake because you never want to guarantee anything. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, no more guarantees forever for the rest of the show. <laughs> so, you guarantee something, you get dumped on by the weather. Or you suffer horrible health problems. Oh my god! <laughs> Just anything bad that can happen can happen. We, we've been assaulted by Murphy and his yeah. stupid laws. It's been a shitty buzz. Let me tell you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or like um, your classes and shit. Like yes. Your professors just being a dick and you can't make it out. And it's, yeah. It's garbage. Right. Yeah. Or and even now, I mean, I'll manage, but I'm getting over a cold, so yeah. I might I might sound a little bit weird, but uh. <laughs> oh, well, save here because yeah, I, I wasn't gonna go into detail because I figured we have a lot to cover, right? But I, I will sound bad because I have a little bit of a cold. Oh my god! <laughs> so I, I know some of you listening were paying attention to the weather, and you know, up north here we got. Some like really cold temperatures. Arctic vortex is yeah. what it's called. Polar vortex. Or polar Arctic vortex. vortex. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Literally zero temperatures. Yeah. Literally the whole like Midwest was colder than Antarctica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Whatever that's about. So they canceled classes for two days in mm-hmm. a row, which never happens. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. crazy to me. Uh, even, even like the school district, the kids. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, we could probably die if we go outside. Yes, you really <laughs> we could. probably cancel class. Um, <laughs> yeah, e- even my old college canceled class, which was crazy to me because they never canceled class. I was, I was in that college for four years and only once was classes canceled. That was September 11th, 2001. <laughs> right. <laughs> Besides yeah. that, yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. what. I mean, people just didn't show up, but the classes were never canceled, you know, so mm-hmm. I heard that and I was like, oh, maybe this is serious business. So. <laughs> yeah. So the day I was scheduled to go to the doctors and get a cast on my yeah. foot, which I, I have now. I don't know if you could hear that. There it is. But, there uh, it is. Uh, I woke up and it was 50 degrees in my house. And I'm like, this isn't right. And so I, I get my crutches and I hobbled out of the basement and I checked the furnace. And I'm like, it's working, but it's yeah. not hot. Yeah. So then I had to wait for like furnace companies to be open because this was like in the middle of the night. Probably. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
and uh, no one could be out immediately. Of and finally, course. I got somebody, and he's like, "Oh, the problem isn't with the furnace; it's with the gas company. Call them." Oh, oh no! And I'm like, oh, <laughs> "Fuck! All right." <laughs> I hope he can come and look at it or fix it or whatever before I have this doctor's appointment. So right. the gas company comes. <laughs> and this is some whack shit. <laughs> On one hand, I kind of understand. But at the same sure. time, like, what the fuck? This is a first world country, right? Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, the there's such a demand right now because it's so cold. Mm-hmm. That's the best gas pressure we could send your house. Oh my like, god! Like the whole neighborhood was off and on. Like people were having the same trouble, and that I'm like, "What the fuck, fuck is that?" Yeah. Oh no. So for like two days, I was just like 50, degrees, which I was kind of okay with mm. because I knew my pipes were gonna freeze. Right. But like yeah. now, I have like a cold from sitting in the cold. Yeah, me too. It actually. wasn't even <laughs> like, oh, I'll go to work and be warm at work. <laughs> right. Because my broken fucking foot. Right. So it just keeps getting yeah. worse. Yeah. <laughs> shit just piles on top of everything else yep. yeah and now to make matters worse or not, not, not worse but to make matters weirder outside it's like spring-like right yeah. now it's yeah. as warm outside as it was in my house a couple days ago <laughs> i went to work this morning and i was like why does my head hurt yeah like the, the barometric pressure yeah and then i was like oh that's why it's almost fucking 60 degrees outside <laughs> i don't like this Our like it was it was it was like Negative seventeen yep. last week or something like yeah. that. Yeah, like now it's sixty. It's like a seventy degree difference. Yeah, in right. Like day. Oh, Everybody's yeah. gonna be sick. Everybody has yeah. migraines. Mm-hmm. It's, it's garbage. It's wonderful. So, but uh, with that in mind, did you do anything else this week or uh, anything to talk about? Well, I did. Yeah, I know. It's funny because on the crutches, it's like everywhere I go, it's like a workout. I was worried <laughs> that I was gonna like get fat sitting on the couch. <laughs> It's impossible because right. it's like a major chore just to go anywhere. Right, right. Uh, yeah. So I just sat and watched movies. Okay, okay. Um, other than that. All right. Well, um, <laughs> the, the cold weather didn't stop me from being a crazy motherfucker and hopping in my car and driving down to Cleveland <laughs> to see a movie that I've been wanting to see since May, which is appropriate. I went and saw Cold War. Good shit. Good <laughs> shit. Yes, so, yeah. like the Avengers, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought that came out a while ago. <laughs> yeah. This emotional black and white Polish film where just Iron Man shows up. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds but, really interesting. Yeah, but um, no, it was really sad. I didn't expect it to be as sad and depressing as it was, yeah. so I think I need to give it a second shot. Um, was it just Poland during the Cold War? Yeah, yeah, yeah but also a, shitty. also a really, really fadedly tragic love story going on in the, in the story there and everything. But yeah, right. it was. I was like, oh, this is kind of sad. And I knew that the... It was somewhat inspired by the director's parents, which I don't know what to say about that because it's it's a, it's kind of a really messed up love story. And then the yeah. end just says for my parents. It's like, oh, that's fucked. Just like <laughs> nobody nobody can do depression like the Eastern Europeans. So um, who directed but, this? Uh, Pavel Pawlikowski, the same guy who made uh, Ida uh, in 2014. That's what I thought. Okay, okay. yeah, but it's yeah. Uh, if if you know Ida, it's the same kind of thing. It's shot the same way. Madonna was um, in that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, it was it was freezing on the way there, and I think that might have been part of the reason why I got a cold. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the things I do to see the movies that I want to see. Um, but uh, also, I, I mentioned I didn't mention this last week, but um, I saw Glass, the M Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah. How was that? I didn't care for it because like yeah. right now it's kind of been in in a like debate. The critics have not been really kind to yeah. it. The audience have been loving it. I didn't like it either. I'm, I'm on, yeah, I'm on the critic's yeah. side. Um, I wasn't a fan. 
Uh, it's it's really strange. Um, <laughs> okay. So it's it's like an M Night Shyamalan movie, I guess. But I don't know, like Glass and or Unbreakable and Split don't really like mesh well no. to make like a cinematic universe. I don't. The think. the split yeah. was like a surprise that it was connected. Right, you're right. It, it, it was like whoa. It's like they cool, made it up I at guess. the end. Yeah, yeah kind yeah. of. Um, but now this one, there is a really interesting story in there yeah so i don't think it's a spoiler because it's in the trailer they all get locked up in a loony bin okay. and then they're kind of like being told that they have this condition where they think that they're superhuman beings but they're actually not and it's kind of an interesting statement about sort of like the the mythic quality of comic books and how powerless people can sort of use comic books to feel more powerful it's like a kind of vicarious thing you know yeah and that's interesting but then it just throws that all aside because then it just becomes a silly cartoon. Um, I can't say anything without just saying major spoilers, but there's a twist right. in it. Duh, it's Shyamalan. There's a <laughs> right. twist yeah. that kind of ruins everything that came before it because then it just gets really silly. And Sam Jackson's character says, and I quote, this is real life, not a cartoon. I'm like, but why is but it being so you, cartoonish? Like, why would you even... Like, like, it's like, it's almost like the fact that he said that made it like yeah, right. it's self-aware, but almost too self-aware. Maybe that was—that's you know what, what I mean? it is. Yeah, like, I don't know, but that movie—I was very underwhelmed with that movie. Yeah, I was. It I was, was, and like Unbreakable is one of my favorite movies. It's and, still Shyamalan's best movie. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I, I was—I was surprised by Split because yeah, prior to that, his other movies were kind of—they tanked, you know. Oh, yeah. so I, was, I was just because like the happening where nothing happened. Well, the it. happening is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Marky Mark gives the best comedic performance yeah, of all time. Like, <laughs> like I like to I like to describe that movie as the happening. You know, the movie where nothing really happened in it. Yeah. Um, That's good. But yeah, like his movies before Split were just kind of like yeah, not that great. No. And then I was like, S- Split was okay. Mm-hmm. The visit was slightly less okay, but I didn't hate it. Yeah, I, I got know? problems with the visit, but yeah. But anyways, Glass, I was like, ah. Yeah, it kind of pissed me off um, because <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan, he, he is as fascinating as George Lucas and that I, I just never know how his mind works because yeah. this does not feel like a sequel to Unbreakable. It feels like a movie that was made by a guy who wanted to capitalize on Unbreakable but didn't really get the premise of Unbreakable, right. but it's made by the same guy. Like, <laughs> like, it's like he didn't understand Unbreakable when he made it. Yeah, yeah. You know? so it's like well, they're like twenty years apart. Or yeah. They are. That's like the crazy like, thing. But when he when it was announced that those three were like a trilogy, I was like, right. where did that idea come from? <laughs> well, to be fair, I guess Split was written around the same time, so he might yeah. have had this idea like mm-hmm. boiling in him or something. But I this just was, thought it was odd. It was very odd. It, it felt like it. It did feel a bit like forced. Hmm. So <laughs> to say the least to say to say the very least without sounding like a douche it was very forced and that's how i felt with glass yeah like the i think the only redeeming factor of glass was sarah paulson's performance okay i um i liked her performance okay um i like james mcavoy he's he's good as that character he creeps me out yeah um <laughs> i i do like him as an actor he was in another one of my favorite movies trance Oh, okay. Yep. Um, that movie's really fucked up. And, All right. <laughs> um, it's the same guy who made Train Spotting. Oh, okay. Oh, Danny um, Boyle. All right. Train Spotting and Twenty Eight Days Later, which are two of my other favorite movies. Um, cool. But yeah, Trance is good, but that's a topic cool. for another day. All right. <laughs> but yeah. Um. So I guess I'm on the critic side. It's a you. You can sound like a douche here. We all sound like. <laughs> yeah. Um. The, the comments will let us know. Yeah. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, I just I was not digging it, and it's too bad because like there is a section in the middle where it's like, hmm, this could be really interesting. What if they're not really superpowered? Because the yeah. thing is, Unbreakable isn't really a superhero movie. It's not. It's I mean, not. like it just flirts with it enough it for flirt, the yeah. audience to kind of pick up on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where we, like we hope that he has superpowers. He starts. He starts yeah. to believe that maybe he does because Sam Jack starts doing this, and then he becomes a hero in that he's just kind of at the right place at the right time. Yeah. Right. And then. Spoilers for who is twenty years old. He finds out that Sam Jackson's a fucking crazy person and just sort of backs away from that. Yeah. And I figured that was it. I figured he just went on and lived his life, you know. But now in this one, apparently for the last twenty years, he's just been hunting down people, making shitty YouTube videos, and beating them yeah. up. Yeah. I was like, I saw that, and I'm just like, <laughs> it doesn't excuse feel like, me. Like, yeah. Again, like it, it just it doesn't. <laughs> Names. But yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like the same character. Like none of the characters feel, feel like the same character in it. So no. again, like, weird because it's made by the exact same guy. But it does not feel like the same story. Yeah, the, the three <laughs> movies that are supposed to be together do not feel like they belong together. Yeah. Um, and that was my biggest problem with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. They do not feel like they should be in one big cinematic universe, yeah. as you put it. Yeah. Um, it's not like. Um, Marvel or whatever, where all, <laughs> right, all right, the movies yeah. connect together, and then right. it's obvious that they do connect together. Right, but these ones just felt yep. forced. Like, like I said, there was so, like I love Unbreakable, Split's sure. good, sure. Glass was very underwhelming. Yes, um, and that and that twist is stupid. That twist was <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Did uh, you hear about any of the backlash about? Uh, oh God, I for, I forget what the it's like. The multiple personalities, the disassociative disorder. Oh yeah, that are yeah. Complaining. yeah, complaining about hashtag mental illness shaming. Yeah, yeah. Like, fuck off. <laughs> where were, we, where were you guys? Problems. Where were you guys when Split came out and everybody oh. was like, "This is a fucking good movie." Well, no, yeah. they were there. Yeah, uh, Probably, yeah it, it was yeah. going on. I was gonna yeah. say because I was like, there, there was a lot of that. Oh yeah, no, there was a lot of backlash <laughs> on Split. Also, yeah, it's like think anyone watching this, where he, one of his personalities is a demon. Yeah, a literal monster. Like, I don't think anyone's confusing <laughs> that for thought, the real he thing. He crawls on the fucking ceilings yeah. and things like that. <laughs> right. And I remember la- like chuckling to myself in the theater because for whatever reason, I find that really funny. Yeah. Like it's it was like flashbacks to when Legion came out with the grandma climbing <laughs> yeah. the walls. Yeah. Like I was just like. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's too yep. good. I love that. <laughs> it's great. So that's what I did. Uh, yeah. Cold War and Glass. Okay. <laughs> Two completely different things. Two completely different things. Yeah. But uh, anything else? Uh, I figured we were probably going to talk a lot. Okay. So I didn't do any news. Okay. I do have one thing to mention, and then an R.I.P. I know you have an R.I.P., and I feel really sad about this. So, so the thing I want to mention is Friday, fe- t- uh, words. Oh, yes. Friday, February 15th at the Erie Movie House. Hell yeah. For all of you sick lovers celebrating Valentine's a day late, yeah. <laughs> we're going to be introducing Necromantic. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love this movie. I was talking about this earlier. Um, I watched it at, a, at an age when I really shouldn't have watched it. Uh-huh. I was about 12, 13. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's probably one of those exploitation, really gory, really yeah. campy movies. And yes, it is that. Yes. But times that by like 30. <laughs> right. So I was just like, the like I'm not going to spoil, spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but yeah. there's one specific scene <laughs> that anytime somebody mentions Necromantic, this is what I think of. 
<laughs> and I'm just like, ugh. Oh, it's like rides me of a trip to the hardware store. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it was like that like the gore in it's fantastic. Yeah. The acting in it is fantastic. The like the special like I mentioned, the special effects are great. Right. Yeah, for um, as low budget yeah. Right. You know, it's essentially like a almost like a student film. Yeah, yeah. So it's like really well done. Yeah. But it is fucked up. So yeah. <laughs> um, anyone wants to come see it, you're more than welcome. But I'm like nervous about telling people about this one. Right. I, I always invite certain people, but like yeah. now I know it's like, well, I'm not inviting her because there's no way in hell she can handle this. <laughs> like my I was like, mom. Maybe I'll invite my brother, but I don't know if he'll like it. You know. <laughs> I, me- I mentioned. I mentioned to my mother that we were going to, um, that I had to go to the movie house. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, you guys are showing that necromantic movie, right? And I'm like, yeah, mom. And she's like, can I go? And I'm like, no, you may not. You're not allowed. And she's like, she's like, oh, why not? And I'm like, because you'd puke. Yeah. Like, yeah. It does sound like a, a Zom rom-com. It kind of does with that title, yeah. but yeah, it's not that. It's not that. Um, she, like I, like my mom was like, "Oh, what's it about?" And I'm like, "I can't tell you that. <laughs> I can't right. tell you that." <laughs> Sorry, mom. So yeah. my mother may or not may or may not be there. Okay. I'm kind of hoping not, not only because. Who wants to see that with their mother? Yes. Yeah. We were thinking of bringing uh, Slaughter Film brand barf bag. Yes, to be sure. I, I have them I'm ready. I'm down with that. Okay. <laughs> I'm down with that. Yeah. I'll bring them with me. That reminds me, um, uh, you mentioned barf bags. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of years ago, there was a release of Dr. Butcher MD. Oh, yeah. That came with barf bags. That's great. And I was like, I need that. Yeah. <laughs> I need that. Yeah. So. If you want to puke, uh, head on down to the movie house on <laughs> yeah. February fifteenth. Yeah, yeah, you can, for sure. We can talk about really a really fucked up film. Yeah. Yes. Uh, also, I the the ver- the copy of the movie I had was like a bootleg and it didn't look very good. Oh yeah. So I bought a new Blu-ray. Oh nice. So it's fancy which, pants. Which Blu-ray is it? Uh, Cult Epics, I think, put it out. That's the one I I saw. Okay. Okay. For, mm-hmm. It's a, actually a box set. Uh, murder, murder, sex, art. I think is what it was called. Okay. Ooh. So it has his other films on it: Necromantic Two, right? Uh, Death King, but it's German title. Uh, oh. <laughs> I don't speak German. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're all there. Cool. And soundtracks. Oh, oh my god! Whatever. That's awesome. <laughs> Set, shoot me the link to that. Okay. Um, uh, I actually got it on eBay. Okay. Oh, so because I might, I'm, I'm gonna look into that because okay. I'm a sucker for soundtracks. Um, <laughs> I was listening to the Suspiria soundtrack on the way here. Sweet. Not the Tom York one. The, oh, okay. the yeah, the goblin, goblin one. one. Yep. Yeah, man. Gothic Prague. Nice. <laughs> oh yeah. By the way, um, I know you're. No, it's kind Italian. Of... It's not from Prague. <laughs> I know you're kind of uh, hobbling right now, but you think you'll be able to make it for uh, the film grain of Suspiria? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there. I could get around. Sweet. So, yeah, I should... That's this upcoming Wednesday? Yeah, it's yep. this Wednesday. It's I should make, make sure I'm there. All right. Sounds yeah. good. <laughs> I, it's, it's funny, because my professor at my college, he was like, you guys have to go to this for extra credit. And I'm like, but I already bought the Blu-ray. Can't I just <laughs> write the review and bring it to class? He's like, no. So I was just like... All right. Yeah. I've been trying to get people to come because it's a movie that's not for everybody, to say it's, the least. It's definitely not because the so, original, my, like I was telling Corey earlier, yeah. um, the original Suspiria is one of my favorite movies of all yeah. time. 
And I was very, very upset to hear, very <laughs> saddened to hear that they were remaking it. Yeah. And but. when I heard the, I can't pronounce the guy's name, and I'm not Luca Gonagnino. There it is. Um, That's the, why we keep the, him around. The guy. Hey, bopity boopity. <laughs> right. Um, the guy who made um, Call Me By Your Name, yeah. which is totally not a slaughter what film. What a strange film. segue. Yeah. yeah. I was like, the guy who made Call Me By Your Name is remaking a Dario Argento movie. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And Tom York is doing the soundtrack. Yep. Huh. Okay. And Tilda Swinton is playing a man. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like. I don't think that's the first time. It's it? not the first time. No. Uh, she was in a she was in a David Bowie music video, mm-hmm. and okay. I was like, that was yep. that was sick. I'm a huge Bowie fan. Yep. Um, so I had to bring that up. Um, <laughs> my, my sister-in-law calls her her androgynous goddess. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's 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 correct. But yeah, like. The, I've heard very good things about it's, the Suspiria remake. It's interesting. And I am excited to see it as a, as a, a person who holds Argento in really high regard as someone who made her want to go into film. Um, there you go. I'm very, very back and forth on the idea. So I will hold my opinions until <laughs> next week. Okay. Okay. I like it. <laughs> All right, so, so for the R.I.P. Yeah, this bums me out. Uh, Dick Miller. Dick Miller. Uh, most famous character actor of all time. Yeah. He'd been making on-screen appearances, both uh, large and small, for over 60 years. Mm-hmm. He got his start, more or less, working for Roger Corbett yep. in such memorable roles as uh, Walter Paisley in The Bucket of Blood, or yeah. a, a Bucket of Blood, right? Uh, yeah, yep. A <laughs> uh, character who, who he would return to several more times. Right. I think that's funny because... <laughs> I don't know. It's who who it's it's almost like the character was who they cast. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. uh, he would go on to appear in The Burbs and Gremlins mm-hmm. under Joe Dante's direction and James Cameron in uh, Terminator. Yep. And also he was in Night of the Creeps. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, man. That he, movie's fan great. That movie's I must fan great. great. No, <laughs> I, I like that. Fan great. A combination of great and fantastic. I, I love it. I to say fantastic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Night of the Creeps is a movie I just watched recently. Hey, cool. Um, I've seen it a few times before them. Before, um, like, you know how you just remember a movie you've seen a long time ago? Oh, and sure. you're like, I want to watch that again. So yeah. I was like digging through all my old DVDs and I was like, there it is. Night <laughs> yeah. of the Creeps. Let's go. But uh, yeah, I love that uh, he worked with James Cameron and Joe Dante because those guys started off as Roger Corman. Yeah. And did. I like that they even did. though they yeah. moved on to Hollywood and became they Hollywood still big shots, and, yeah. they still had one toe in that like B-movie thing and casting Dick Miller was just that, you know? Yeah, yeah Bucket of Blood is another film I want to watch Yeah, again. I gotta see. I haven't seen that, so. That movie's uh, great. Yeah. Um, not, I mean, there's like, it's one of those classic gore movies okay from uh that's 70s 60s probably the 50s i think it's even earlier yeah yeah like 58 i don't know if that's right but that's what sounds right something like that yeah that sounds right um but yeah like it's 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 out there Mm -hmm. um i really dig it cool cool uh he would also develop working relationships with john sales martin scorsese and ernest dickerson yeah uh, but his relationship with Joe Dante was the strongest, I guess, yeah. because Dante always enjoyed working with Miller, casting him in most of his films, right? From way back with Corbin and Parada, yeah. and uh, Rock and Roll High School, yes. later, you know, with The Howling. Mm-hmm. Nice. And, uh, Dante cherished his friendship with Miller and appreciation for him being something that he, uh, I don't know, 
started as a kid watching him in those earlier Cor- Corbin movies. That's cool. So, like, he went to the theater seeing this guy in a handful of movies. Yeah. Then later grew up and became a filmmaker. <laughs> met the guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's great. <laughs> Dick Miller passed away at the age of 90. Yeah. Wow. Um, the most famous that guy, as he's called. When, when people yeah, see right. him, they said, hey, it's that guy. <laughs> So, sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah. So, our jo- first of three three genre Roland movies. Yes. Um, and Rhiannon was the one who uh, introduced me to genre. I, I had not seen any of his yeah. movies until this, so uh, thank he, you for that. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> he is was one oh, of the right. weirdest directors I've ever encountered. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I do know that he he did do like his horror is more what he's known for but right. he, he, for a while he went away from horror and went strictly to porn so i thought that was interesting. I have, uh, not the least bit surprised about that yeah and i, and I was like because like you know grapes of death and uh-huh. um you know that's the movie that's the i believe the highest rated on IMDb oh, okay. of his cool um um, and another one, Requiem for a Vampire, which mm-hmm. I'll be talking about later. Right. Um, they're they're not bad. Um, no. Um, so yeah, let's just dive right into this. Sure. So uh, the nude vampire. Yeah. What a great title. From that, <laughs> when, when you guys said we're going to review John Roland movies, I looked at his filmography, saw that, and was like, "Yep, that's one, the one." Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful film. <laughs> um, from 1970, uh, his his first color film and both his first uh, full length film. Um, before this, he made a movie called. <sighs> The Rape of the Vampire. <laughs> which that movie was... <laughs> is something else. Okay. Yes. It was uh, a black and white film and actually just two films in one. It was kind of an anthology, which is two short stories. You okay. Know? So this is his first complete one movie thing in glorious technicolor. Uh, so this film begins <laughs> with a woman being stripped nude. So mm-hmm. we're already off to... to uh, Wonderful mar- check mark. Check mark, <laughs> yeah. And then some strange guys in animal masks proceed to... Uh, cut her up and, you know, drain some of her blood because mm-hmm. they're doing weird blood experiments. They've got, like, the, the laboratory with the uh, the weird, like, test tubes rolling around and everything. They're doing some weird blood experiments. Okay. So, <laughs> cut to uh, a man named uh, Pierre Radamon who uh, encounters this woman who is just, you know, running away from some mysterious figures, also wearing animal masks, and he decides he's going to be a good Samaritan and try to help her. Uh, but... He completely fails at it, and she ends up getting shot and carried off to some mysterious mansion or something where Pierre can't get into. He has no pass or anything. It's just some weird place where people in animal masks go and do whatever people with animal masks do in right. a place like that. Exactly. Uh, a Kubrick film? Yeah. Bohemian Grove? Yeah. <laughs> More on that later. Okay. But um, Pierre learns that this place is actually owned by his father, George Radamon. So the plot thickens. Um, so he talks to his friend Robert about, you know, possibly um, finding a way to sort of sneak in there and see what it's all about. So Pierre and Robert, for the next weird animal mask party they're throwing, they just kind of, they, they do the peewee thing, where they just kind of pretend they like they're, they're going with a group and just yeah. walk in there with them. <laughs> I remember watching that and I'm like... Uh, yeah, it's like, well, this place isn't quite as secretive as I thought it was. You can just kind of just wander in. I was like, well, that's a thing. That's happening. <laughs> so, yeah, some guy who uh, is drawn to a weird place where rich people seem to go 
and perform weird ceremony things with masks. Yeah, I'm starting to get eyes wide shut flashbacks. Yeah, yeah man. I, like, you, like when I watched when I watched Rape of the Vampire. Yeah. Um, or the nude vampire. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah. Um, I they both have they, vampire right, in vampire, them, which yeah. is typical of genre on films. Yeah, yeah. More on that later. Um, yeah, like I was like eyes wide shut question Much, mark. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, like, in this there was place, definitely influence in there. Yeah, yeah. but uh, in this place, they don't perform weird sex orgies. They perform weird blood orgies because everyone stands around and uh, they put up a projector and it like just shows. You do. Yeah, and it just shows this woman's <laughs> face, and that woman proceeds to take off her mask and get killed by the other people who proceed to take her blood, and then that woman who was shot just kind of shows up and starts feasting on the blood. Mm-hmm. So she's been shot, but she's okay. And now she's feasting on blood. Hmm, something's going on here. But Pierre can't investigate further because the next face they show is his face. And then everyone starts turning against him and he's got to run the hell out of there. (laughs) Uh, But fortunately, one of the partygoers in a white cape, like, leads him out because uh, he's kind of working against them or something. I don't know. There's kind of a mystery going on here. But Pierre wants to get the hell out of here because now he's acquired the wrath of weird, crazy sex orgy people. But uh, his father stops him and tries to explain to him what's going on. It mm-hmm. turns out that he's met this mysterious woman. She's, like, through, like, family friends or something. And she has the power of immortality. But, unfortunately, she needs blood to preserve herself. She can heal any wounds instantly. Uh, she can't see the sun and everything. He said, yeah, essentially, she's a vampire. And they've been try. Him and his associates have been trying to... Um, <laughs> harness her vampire powers and also find another one like her because they want to breed them and create a new race of vampires. Essentially, George and his friends are a bunch of old dudes who are tired of being old and want to use her vampireness to not be old and decrepit. Uh, my wiener don't work. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. It's, it's vampire Viagra. <laughs> Whatever works, goddammit. <laughs> but uh, the mysterious people... Vampire pe- Cialis. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But the mysterious people in animal masks are the people that kind of, like, worship this woman as a god and, like, offer themselves up to her for her feedings. And they wear animal masks because she's never seen another person before and they want to keep it like that, like that so she doesn't know that she's different. What? But she would still feel different because she's the only one not wearing weird animal masks. <laughs> right. I'm sure she's seen someone sometime. I'm sure she has, yeah. But he tells Pierre <laughs> that, you know, you've got nothing to worry about. Which, of course, isn't true because he already wants, you know, all eyewitnesses gotten rid of. So he has his mysterious, like, associate Solange uh, kind of come into Robert's place and kind of shoot him dead. So <laughs> Pierre's father's a big fat liar. <laughs> Meanwhile, we see Pierre's, or uh, George's day-to-day thing where he sort of has weird sex parties with these mysterious creepy twins oh yeah they're just these two twins that don't say anything but they just show up wearing more and more ridiculous <laughs> costumes and proceed to you know feed them grapes and fan them or whatever they do yeah. <laughs> he's just ch- kicking back like it's the like the roman empire right. you know but um pierre and more of his you know mysterious investigation he eventually gets um uh discovered by that guy who helped him escape from the orgy uh, turns out he's a mysterious person called the Grand Master, and him Sounds and the like twins. A yeah, <laughs> but him and the twins and various other people in George's circle have actually infiltrated that to try and rescue this mysterious woman because they're all part of the same group or something. And now they need Pierre's help because, according to them, 
Pierre has the potential to be one of them. Ooh. Uh, I don't know what that means, but all right. Um, Google gobble. But, 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 yes. but long story short, it ends with um, uh, the Grand Master and his various associates kind of attacking the um, George's facility or whatever. And George trying to fight back, but completely failing at it because they're fucking vampires. Uh, Solange ends up, you know, killing the twins. She, like, burns their faces with a torch or something. Yeah. Only for them to come back immediately and proceed to kill her. Yeah, so. that's not how that works. <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, essentially, uh, the Grandmaster and his associates surround uh, George's compound or whatever. Take uh, this mysterious woman who, in the movie, is just called the Vampire. She has right. no name. She's but, nameless. Uh, she escapes with Pierre. They go to some place where some old man and some old woman are, and they let them go through a curtain. And apparently, the curtain leads to their domain because they're not actually vampires, they're beings from another dimension. Mm-hmm. And George follows them in there, only to be on a beach. Where the sun is shining and no one's bursting the flames, so obviously the sun wasn't a thing. And the huh. Grandmaster essentially berates George by telling him uh, she was a powerful being and you treated her like a vampire because in your mind you thought she was a vampire. So essentially you treating her like that has turned her into it and now we have to fi- fix her like programming or whatever. Huh. And they essentially say, your son has the potential to be one of us um, because we're like a, ne- a new stage in human development or something. And maybe someday... You could be, you know, as cool and awesome as us, but today is not the day. Yeah. Today is not that it, day. It, it gets so fucking weird. I don't, like, completely out of left field. It's like, wait, so they're not vampires? They're... The title's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah. They're, they're some sort of weird interdimensional mutants that we also have the power to be. Ah! But, <laughs> but that's, yeah. the, that's the nude vampire. And I kind of like it because it it ha- it has no qualms about being completely insane. Um because you think you're watching one movie, and then all of a sudden, again, talking about the Shyamalan thing, all of a sudden mm-hmm. it just pulls the rug out from under you. But in this, it's kind of in a good way, because it makes it more interesting. I was like, okay, they're vampires, but now it's like, oh, they're not vampires. Oh, this is cool, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a twist that actually works. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. But uh, that movie, The Box? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, yes. That's a... That's a film. <laughs> yeah. But um, I also like the idea of just sort of vampirism as kind of a countercultural thing because the idea is that the, it's like this, this new person that the old people don't understand and their first reaction is how can we control it or how can we, yeah. you know, profit off Manipulate of it. Manipulate it, yeah. Yeah, and Pierre exactly. just wants to help her. And that's sort of how he kind of ascends to this new level whereas George and his associates are left behind, you know. It's almost like a... Um, kind of us versus them 60s countercultural kind of thing you know and I was like they just want to hang out on the beach yeah but I was like this is kind of like the (laughs) X-Men yeah man I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought so yeah as I'm watching this is is less a vampire movie and more like a mutant movie now you know it felt very Umbrella Academy very Watchmen to me yeah there you go Um, so yeah not like a perfect movie per se, but I love its ambition. Yeah. And I love that it gets so weird. I, yeah, I love that the other dimension is just the beach. And like, in the background, you can see like fishing boats out there and everything. You know? Well, but, interdimensional beings have jobs. Yeah, they, yeah. they yeah, need their fish too. I mean, <laughs> they don't just sit around chilling on the beach all yeah. day. <laughs> that, that's another thing I was going to mention later on is that a lot of John Roland's films, um, they're shot in very 
beautiful places. Oh, yes, they are. And yeah. I will get into that. Okay. okay. <laughs> but uh, this film, I, I ended up giving it three stars. Um, again, I, I just, I like the, the weirdness of it. I like uh, how much of it is visual because mm-hmm. this movie, the first line of dialogue doesn't happen until like eight and a half minutes in or something. But before that, it's, it's almost like a silent film, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I always love seeing a story where there's clearly some sort of like thought behind it even if the director can't really get his uh, message out there in the best way, I love the effort. Yeah. <laughs> I love that it wasn't just, they're vampires, you know, and now we gotta stop them or stop it. Like, the vampires, quote-unquote, became right. the, the good guys, kind of, you know? <laughs> and I like that. And yeah, any movie that involves interdimensional beings is always good with me. So. <laughs> it's pretty pretty damn good. Yeah. <laughs> in Forrest's book, that's... <laughs> <Pretty damn good. laughs> yeah. All right, so, so what to what, go ahead. Uh, I was that so know your horror. Yes, like this is this is kind of weird because three of us. Yeah, <laughs> I'll jam it in. Okay, riddle me this. So last week's question was: Macaulay Culkin has recently made a resurgence in popularity due to some high-profile internet appearances. Yeah, he has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in his heyday, he appeared in what film as a sadistic child killer? That would be The Good Son? That is correct. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, Joseph Rubens, The Good Son, ah. from 93. Uh, Macaulay Culkin played the opposite of Elijah Wood's <laughs> portrayal of the titular Good Son yeah, character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Rubens was all, would also go on to direct the sci-fi fantasy Dreamscape, oh, cool. which is a movie I want to talk about at some point. Yeah. That was a total blind buy. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But it's actually that, pretty fun. That movie I have yet to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited. I always love that Macaulay Culkin in that is like such an evil criminal mastermind almost. Yeah. And I know, spoilers, um, he kind of dies in the end where he, yeah, he falls off a cliff. Yeah. But I like to think that he didn't die there and ended up growing up and becoming the Joker from the Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> Ruben also made uh, the thriller Stepfather. Oh, which, if you ever see that, I have seen that. It, it's okay. It's, yeah. it's okay, I guess. It's not the best movie I've ever seen, but it's definitely not the worst. Yeah. Fun segue. When I was a little kid, I confused the Stepfather with the Godfather. Oh my because God! Two I completely to, different things. Yeah. <laughs> I, when we went around, we used to go to the horror section and look at all the the horror boxes. But where are the Italians? Yeah. <laughs> and I saw that box of the Stepfather holding the knife and everything, you know. And then my dad went to see The Godfather Part 3 on Christmas because it came out on Christmas Day and my mom was so mad at him. And I thought he was going to see The Stepfather. It's like, why is dad going to see a horror movie on yeah. Christmas? <laughs> he must really like those movies. He must really like those movies. Uh, Blake got that one correct. Cool. And for this week's question, what famed soul man turned composer made the jump to acting in the 1974 black exploitation film Three Tough Guys? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's February. Oh yeah, yeah. Man. Black History Month. That's right. Yeah, it's Women in Horror Month. Yeah. Why did they pick the shortest month to make the busiest? I Get know, all right? The holidays. busiest month for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so. Requiem for a Vampire. Yeah. All right. This that's... is the only one that I haven't watched because I just couldn't come across it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, There's I a whole. Brought it with me. So... <laughs> There's a whole bunch on Shutter, by the way. Yes. Uh, Mm-hmm. The movies we're talking about, and a lot of them that we've mentioned. So if you have Shutter, check mm-hmm. them out. Right. Yeah. Uh, my I have this. Uh, I at the at my place of uh, work. 
I acquired a copy of Requiem for a Vampire. This one was distributed by Redemption Films. Cool. Um, the last time I checked their website, it was down. So oh, I don't know if okay. they're still a thing or not. Oh, no. I hope they are, because mm-hmm. that's where I got my copy of Virgin Witch, and there was other films on there that I wanted to purchase, but I might not be able to now. Damn. If I'm not Shit. mistaken, it's like an offshoot of Kino. Oh, cool. I okay. Think. Oh, yeah, nice. Um, like an imprint or whatever. The imprint, whatever. Uh, it says Salvation. Um, yeah. Salvationfilms.com. Yeah, that site, when I checked last last time I checked, it was down. Okay. Um, I don't know what that means. Okay. Um, <laughs> more on that later. <laughs> um, I'll come back to that. Okay. Um, yeah, Redemption Films, they, they come out with some really weird shit. Cool. Um, they've distributed a bunch of Roland's films. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of the other most famous film they've done. They've distributed. It was. It's mostly like the weirder cult Euro stuff. right stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Virgin Witch was one. Okay. Um, that one's not John Roland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just threw that in there because that's another redemption film. So. That's fine. <laughs> um, I have those two. Anyways, Requiem for a Vampire is Jean Roland's film, one of his films from 1971. Um, mm-hmm. I think he had like three or four that year. Wow. I think. <laughs> the other ones, I believe, are porn. Um, so well, right. I th- Keep the script, throw out all the vampire stuff, and we're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think he had more than one film in 71, but I could be wrong. Okay. Um, don't quote me on that. All right. Um, so um, it's similar to The Nude Vampire in the, in the respect that it has um, a lot of things that are common for his movies, like lesbianism and <laughs> nudity and vampires specifically. Right. Um, it follows two women. Um, the back of this DVD I have calls them... Uh, Nymphette schoolgirls. So there's that. Um, And it opens with like a big shootout. Um, These two women, um, they're dressed as clowns and they have guns. And they... Sounds like porn to me. They're just like like clowns and they have guns and they're shooting at something following them. Mm -hmm. And the man in the car with them ends up dying and they leave him for dead and that they don't really come back to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, it's the film doesn't have a whole lot of dialogue. Um, as like, per usual. As per usual with Roland's films, <laughs> um, it's almost completely devoid of dialogue. Actually. Wow. Um, the few times um, I, I watched this a few times over because I didn't really catch it the first time because the movie itself is mixed very quiet it Mm. might just be the dvd version i have right um but uh yeah like it's almost completely devoid of dialogue interesting um the first line is within like the first five minutes or so and it's very quick you don't really realize that they say anything unless you have the subtitles on which i forgot to do the first time (laughs) oh shit um yeah man so uh yeah, it's it starts out with a big shootout, like a big car chase, and they have guns, and they're dressed as clowns for some fucking reason. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, quote, unquote, these uh, quote, unquote, nymphette schoolgirls. <laughs> um, they come across this castle, mm-hmm. 
um, in this really gorgeous, it looks, I think it's France, it's either France or Scotland, some place really pretty like that. Okay. Like I mentioned earlier, um, a lot of his films are shot in places that are gorgeous, like absolutely right. beautiful. Right. Like the beach you mentioned. Right. The yep. beach on another dimension. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, I, I had to stifle laughter saying that, because <laughs> yeah. that's just funny to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, they come across this castle, mm-hmm. and naturally they find a bed in it, and they 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 grope each other on it, of and course. they <laughs> they essentially fuck each other. Okay. And then they get, I guess, caught Uh-oh. by this, um, the head lesbian vampire, <laughs> and they are taken in and they get bitten by vampire bats. Oh shit. And there are and there are shots of these bats and they're fucking adorable. <laughs> um, like they're it's real life bats. Uh-huh. And they're just they're just the cutest fucking things. <laughs> like they don't look like they could hurt anybody. Right. But but yeah, like you see them mm-hmm. these these two girls and they have like these just these fake bats hanging from their necks. <laughs> and I was like Oh, I get it. They were bitten by vampire bats. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, they're, they're just like they're just like dangling from their necks. Right. Um, and um, later on in the film, um, I'm telling this out of order, but there's right. a scene in which um, there there's various sex scenes in this naturally. movie naturally because it's a genre lawn film and it's french yeah. so um yeah instead of the vampire bat biting her neck mm-hmm. it's like it pans down and it's like biting her nether regions oh my god and it, well that's it, like, new it, like, that's something new it, like the camera lingers on that for way longer than I wanted it to yeah because I was like oh yeah that's interesting okay you can pan away now right uh, you can pan away now um but then again this was the 70s and you can very much tell in mm-hmm. this scene oh. um it's it's one of those things mm-hmm. um but yeah like the story unravels into a big clusterfuck literally of softcore pornography rape and torture all um, right and it's it's very interesting. Like, <laughs> I don't want to say the rape scenes are tame because they're not. But oh, no. at the same time, it's um, you wouldn't really know it if unless you just you know watched it. Because uh-huh. I can see why people get enjoyment out of watching movies like this. <laughs> right. Um, but it's it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's on the verge of softcore pornography. Wow. Um, it's one of those one of those deals. But it's very tasteful. Not the rape, but the... <laughs> and uh, um, this is your first contribution to the jar, by the way. This is my first contribution to the jar. Yeah. So, um, I'm not... I'm definitely not okay with that part. Right, yeah. Um, but everything else about it is pretty pretty damn good, I think. Cool. Like, the um, the colors are cool. The sets are cool. Right. Um, what, what was really... What I thought was really interesting about it was the fact that it was shot in such a beautiful... Mm-hmm. It, it is a castle like that's right. what it looks like and just the sets are pretty the way the shots are set up the shots are framed in a really interesting way yeah um they're very it's very surreal and very visually pleasing to look at right and when i describe the you know the plot of it these two lesbian schoolgirls, <laughs> they 
come across this castle and are bitten by vampire bats <laughs> and they become um, slaves to this higher vampire uh-huh. which is really fucking cool it's very Castlevania in the <laughs> okay. respect like their their costumes are fucking sick they're so cool right like I was taken aback by that like um the the head vampire she is wearing like this purple coat with like like the puffy pirate shirt that Seinfeld was wearing. (laughs) (laughs) And it it was just really cool looking. Right. Like, it actually helped you to think, like, oh, she was dead for 2,000-something years. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, that part worked. Like, the costumes and things like that were very, very... (coughs) Sorry. You're good. Were very, um, uh, really nice to look at. Cool. Um, The movie doesn't sound like anything interesting, but... No, I was, because um, like when you describe a movie like this, you know, like oh, it's gonna be one of those really cheesy, right, horror movies, um, sexploitation, as you put it. Sure. Yep. Um, it. I was very, very surprised at how well made it was. Okay. Um, like I mentioned, the sets are very, very cool. Like yeah. there's the the use of color. Right. In these films, or it's like. It's just great. And there's a scene, I forget if it's like at the beginning or end. <laughs> right. But there's a scene where one of the girls is sitting in like a flower bed. Okay. And the scene pulls out and it you see like a graveyard behind her. Mm. And I was just I was just blown away by that scene because yeah. the way he set it up, you would have never known she's in a oh, graveyard. Okay. I see what you're getting at. Yeah, that's that's cool. Like it's really, really fucking cool yeah i kind of love that uh in the 70s it was so fascinating the idea that movies were just kind of like skirting the boundaries of pornography yeah but like still yeah. made like movies like you said right, artistic right. pornography it almost yeah, was you know <laughs> like it's the way that the scenes are shot or and framed are very surreal and unsettling but uh-huh. it stays very pleasing to the eye okay. and i was very very like impressed by that right because i read the back of it it says this surreal fairy tale from acclaimed horror director jean roland follows two gun-toting nymphette schoolgirls <laughs> as they stumble upon a lair of vampires right so i was like oh it's 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 porn right right yeah but it's and then i watched it and i'm like this is really interesting cool. i love this right. um yeah it sounds like with the the craftsmanship and the atmosphere that it's more of an experience to watch yeah rather than uh, <laughs> gripping tale about these two nymphets. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bizarre, but it's like in the best kind of way bizarre. Mm-hmm. Does, does it still kind of like do the like with the nude vampire did like kind of like flirt with surrealism a little bit? Oh yeah, the okay. film is very very surreal. Cool, I like that. Um, yeah. It feels like it feels like an LSD trip. All in right, some parts um, <laughs> like they use a lot of red lights. All right, in That's certain cool. scenes, yeah. like especially in the a lot of the sex scenes, there's a lot of red lights. Okay. Which I thought was interesting because vampires and shit. Oh yeah, yeah sure. or whorehouse. Or Again, whorehouse. This could have easily gone in either direction. <laughs> and that's, that's why I was like, we got this at my work. We never get porn at my work. <laughs> this is the right. best day of my fucking life. So, um, it's it's very visually striking, and it's it's I'm very very impressed with this film. Like I thought I was gonna be watching like something from something weird yeah right, uh, right you know one of those really 
I thought it was into something like... A lot of breast jiggling. Yeah, like deadly weapons. You know, yeah, like I yeah, thought yeah. it was going to be like that, but it wasn't. It was more tasteful than that. Okay. Like everything aside from like the rape and, um, yeah. you know, the... That's something um, you got to deal with in this line of work a lot, the victim, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> like with that and the victimization of women, which right. is typical of his films, but I also realized it was a different time. Right. Um. I'm not saying that's cool. I'm not saying that's right. But, sure. Um, but then, too, it is a horror movie. Yeah. Terrible things happen in Terrible horror things movies. Happen. Terrible things happen to people. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, but like I said, I was very impressed with how well this movie was shot and how well it's made. Um, when you combine something like exploitation and softcore porn, you wouldn't expect something to be this tasteful. But it was very, very well done. And I was surprised cool. by it. This yeah. movie is about... 88 minutes long okay um there's a specific scene that i know was cut in certain places like oh, yeah. there's a whipping scene oh, <laughs> and, oh <boy>. uh, <laughs> in certain cuts of this film um i i did some research on this because uh-huh. i because like i know with certain movies like sometimes things were cut by the mpaa and stuff sure like right that. yeah or um, even regionally regionally right yeah um i have the uncut version oh which well. means <laughs> this poor lady is completely nude and is being whipped and oh. <laughs> in other cuts of the film she's clothed but still being whipped okay but for some reason that was better because she's yeah. clothed. <laughs> i want to i want to see the logic behind that we're okay with the whipping just show have some decency right clothes yeah. on the girl i mean hurt her do whatever you want but like i don't want to see a butt crack <laughs> but like but like i said like that doesn't make it cool but like i was just like Huh. Yeah. <laughs> right. <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like this movie went through some heavy edits. Okay. Um, and the version I have seems like it has all of those edits back in there. Okay. I think it's um, funny too sometimes when a movie like that comes out, there are noticeable changes where they had to. Uh, I assume they prepared for that by filming the alternative. Yeah. They must have. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> um. There is an interview with uh, one of the actresses on one of the extras of the DVD, to, mm-hmm. which is really interesting to watch. Um, I, like I mentioned before, I have the redemption release uh-huh. of this de- of this movie, and it has a lot of neat stuff, okay. extra things on it. <laughs> cool. Um, which, like I said, you w- I wouldn't expect right anything yeah. this in depth from something that doesn't sound that in depth. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I was very surprised. I give it a solid three and a half. Sweet. Cool. Um, out of five, um, these right. nymphet schoolgirls—they <laughs> don't—they don't talk very much. But like, what I thought was cool about them is that they say a lot with their eyes, and I like, I, okay. I like that too. Like they—they they don't really need to say anything to be good actors, if that makes sense. Right. right yeah. yeah. Sometimes that's even harder to emote and stuff without like i sure. i always use the example of anthony hopkins and silence of the lambs sure there you like go. it has it had that kind of feel to it okay but like in a more um sensual right kind of way cause <laughs> right. given the circumstances right um but yeah like i said it unravels into a big clusterfuck of softcore porn and um torture but at the same time it's <laughs> And there's the cell. And there's the cell. (laughs) Yeah, I was. I'm very. I'm very happy with my purchase. I bought it for about six dollars. All right. Um, Very happy with that. Sweet. Um, I'm like I said, three out of three and a half. 
out of five. Sounds I'd say. good. Um, this is when I looked it up. This is one of his ones that are higher rated. Okay. Okay. Cool. cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So odd to uh, lips of blood. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> From '75, uh, so this came several years after your films. Uh huh. This is on Shutter, also. Uh, I own this. Oh, so darn. I was gonna say I, I, I couldn't find it on Shutter. I was gonna look oh, for it, but I couldn't yeah. find it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Either that, or uh, I'm pretty sure Amazon Prime has a handful of his films. Oh, okay. Too, so. All right. Cool. Oh. Uh, of course, we know who the director is. Of course. Uh, but uh, Roland also came up with the story. But uh, Jean-Luc uh, Philip. Okay. Script or uh, wrote the screenplay. All right. Which is interesting because he's also the star of the film. Oh, okay. So, that is interesting. Uh, according to an introduction given on the DVD by Roland, he said that uh, filming took three weeks um, and went under the the working title Jennifer, uh, which is the name of the, a mysterious woman who you're, you'll hear about shortly. And the uh, original shoot was scheduled for much longer, but changes in the production left him only three weeks to get it done. Mm-hmm. Uh which in this uh, introduction, Roland gives sort of details explaining how he struggled to retool the story, to do it in less time, to to tell a uh, slightly less story in okay. the same running time. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Or, yeah. you know, he had less to less time to play with, I sure. guess. Because he gotcha. didn't have the, that sucks, the but... time to yeah, film. Um, so Roland is known for that fantastique. Uh, surreal element <laughs> yeah. to his films which, definitely his thing yeah I guess he had to cut back on on some of this relying more on dialogue to explain what's happening which seems to come all at the end <laughs> yeah. so something stay that, the course yeah, yeah something that some might favor you know depending on your taste uh-huh. um, but yeah it's funny too that you mentioned the uh, like wardrobe because of this there's very little wardrobe <laughs> uh, most of the women of this just wear like see-through fabric uh-huh <laughs> so i guess i'll just throw that and out there and there's the cell yeah right <laughs> yeah so our begins on a dark and stormy night at a cemetery where uh, in france i guess uh <laughs> where a white van pulls up three people get out an elderly woman who lights the way while two middle-aged men uh, are carrying a body wrapped in white <laughs> and uh the woman takes them underground inside a crypt where the men lower the body into a coffin and just as they lower the lid on top, the corpse starts to breathe. Ooh. It's creepy. Ooh. So as uh, the three leave, they mount a wooden cross at the door to keep evil out or maybe to keep evil in. That's not where I, that's not where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> the, uh, tasteful dudes on a cross? I don't know. <laughs> So meanwhile, somewhere across town, we meet Frederick, our uh, our star and screenwriter, uh-huh. is uh, spending some time with his mother at a, uh, I don't know, making small talk at a, a party at some apartment. I didn't quite get why they were there. <laughs> All right. Or their, their, their relationship to the people who are throwing it. Right. <laughs> uh, it seems, you know, artsy-fartsy types are there. They're having drinks. They're discussing things. And a perfume advertisement is hanging on the wall that catches Frederick's attention. Hmm. And the image is of a... It's a photograph of some old ruins. The uh, remnants of a castle. And uh, for some reason, this feels familiar to him. Hmm. And uh, while he, when he... Or rather, when he was young, his father passed away. And since then, he's had trouble remembering parts of his past from his childhood. It's kind of like... 
his mind created gaps in the past to help deal with the loss of his father. Mm-hmm. Right. So now right. he turns to his mother and is like, what's this thing? Do you remember? <laughs> I remember it. Well, that's weird, right? I don't remember anything. <laughs> but she denies knowing anything about the ruins or why he would feel, you know, that it's familiar to him. Mm-hmm. And so frustrated, Frederick explains that uh, when he was a boy, he got lost in the woods uh, at night, and then later happened upon these ruins where he met a beautiful young woman in white, and uh, she took him in, and they slept beside one another before sending him home at like early morning at daylight. Uh-huh. And uh, he fell in love with her that night. Aww. Oh, wow. Uh, That's so cute. <laughs> How so, sweet. So the photo of the ruins sort of awakens these memories in, in Frederick's mind, and now he sets out to rediscover these ruins because surely that woman's there, right? It's right? been 20 years. I'm sure she's been living in the basement of this old fucked up castle. <laughs> so he begins his investigation by tracking down the photographer who shot the ruins. And when he does, it seems that he interrupted a porno shoot. Oh, no. As oh, no. The model is fully nude and sort of masturbating. Yeah. She's like rub- rubbing it out a little. I think that's what the kids are saying, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, That fr- makes it sound more disgusting. <laughs> No, it's a stain. It's a laundry. It's I don't know. So the, the photographer isn't able to give him any info about the the photo because the client who hired her asked to remain anonymous. Why you'd bother? I don't know, but she did, and she got paid a lot of money. So she's like, "I'm not telling you nothing." <laughs> uh, so then she removes all of her clothes and asks Frederick to meet her that night at an aquarium. Oh, so they can spend some time together. All right, and but, then they but... make out. Okay. Because the, right. the French uh, are naked and strange people. They, they really so. are. They are. As per usual. Because literally she says, oh, excuse me, I have an appointment. And she walks out of the room and she comes back. Like, you'd think she would go change her clothes. <laughs> yeah, right. But instead she just takes all of them off and then makes out. <laughs> so that night, before the aquarium stuff happens, uh. Uh, Frederick sees that the local theater is showing the nude vampire. Hey, hey, all right. Cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah. The genre on MCU. Yeah. So, you know, he buys a ticket uh, because he, I guess he loves this movie. Uh-huh. And uh, inside the theater, he sees a woman that he's been longing to learn more about. The woman from his memories or dreams or whatever. <laughs> and uh, he uh, chases after her. And uh, as he this chase leads to a cemetery, the woman always sort of stays like one step ahead. He can't uh-huh. quite catch up to her. Oh, it's it's mysterious. Right. So he follow, follows her into this crypt, and hey, wait, this place looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so Frederick trips over the wooden cross, knocking it over, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, no. for no, no other reason than morbid curiosity, I guess, or he thinks the woman he's following climbed in, he starts opening the coffins. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and this reveals giant bats. That freak him out and he runs away. That uh, these but bats just later. Bats, though. <laughs> they're big bats. Are they huge? They appear huge. <laughs> it could be forced perspective. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's. I don't know. Oh boy, there's a hot girl. I'm gonna look at this. In this coffin. Because hot girls are always in coffin. Oh, a bat! Yucky! I'm out of here. <laughs> So, uh, like you do. Yeah. These bats later transform into mostly nude vampire nymphs. Okay. That uh, spill out into the French streets to suck the blood of unsuspecting passersby. Because mm-hmm. I guess they're hungry. That cross was keeping them there. Yeah. For 
Uh, hours. That, <laughs> yeah. makes, that makes sense because vampires don't like crucifixes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it was like right. keeping them in. Ooh. Yeah, man. <laughs> they can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So after freaking out and running away from the bats, uh, Frederick tries to uh, get his night back on track. He, he heads over to the aquarium <laughs> because, after all, you know, there's a hot photographer who's been throwing her naked body at him. <laughs> you don't want to make her wait. Of course. She yeah. might get cold. Right. <laughs> you know, so, uh, so he does that. And, oh, no, it's too late. She's been murdered. Oh. By oh, someone damn. who has taken... <laughs> The time to expose the photographer's breasts. Uh-huh. Of course. Oh, how terrible. <laughs> and erotic. <laughs> like, I have I... never been so turned on in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I can only assume that she met the killer and was about to take her clothes off to embrace with him or whatever. I don't know. Right. So now as Frederick, Frederick escapes from another terrible, weird thing. Yeah, poor Frederick, man. He just wants to get laid, and he's, like, <laughs> uncovering murders and freeing vampires. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, he's like, yeah, Van Helsing's, like, worst nightmare. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's just derping around, he's doing all the bad the things. the anti-Van Helsing. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I've worked so hard. <laughs> so uh, as he escapes, he encounters a man with a gun who seems to want to kill him. And uh, there's more of an explanation of who this guy is and why he's doing this, but that'll come a little later. All right. Uh, because for now, we see the vampire nibs interfere and help Frederick escape uh, with his life. Hmm. So they're they're working to help him. Interesting. What, you freed us, so we'll help you. Or oh. more on that. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so Frederick finally makes it home to his <laughs> bottle of liquor which now he's all stressed out yeah about. right yeah man and his mother because he lives with his mother and no i should make a uh, correction this is france so it was a bottle of wine ah okay this is france remember <laughs> yeah. so uh here he and his mother have words because he's freaking out so he explains it to her and she reports him as being crazy and soon men in white coats arrive oh my god straight jacket and drive away with him Jeez. oh wow this guy can't catch a break this is <laughs> a poor guy <laughs> even his own mother uh, His but, mother rats him out. But now, like the crazy, the loony bin, the booby hatch. Yeah. Why did it start being called the booby hatch? I don't know. Um, I've, I've, you know, I've heard that in different ways, and I kind of, <laughs> I've, I've heard that in different places, and I've always chuckled to myself. Yeah, yeah like who thought so- that was it good? It sounds like it sounds like a porn theater. He does. Not, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't sound like a place you go would where you have like. You know, issues. Right. I, I think it's with the birds because there's birds in the Galapagos called blue-footed boobies. And I yeah. think that, that might be. They're that's... seen as like crazy birds or whatever. I, I'm not sure. Like, don't quote me, but uh, yeah. I think it's something to do with that. That sounds. That sounds right. Because <laughs> like other that stuff is named after birds, like the, the cuckoo house, after the cuckoo bird and stuff. So yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. Apparently, being a bird means you're crazy. So now <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering. Like make, making uh, making a. Um, connections there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm wondering because there are like stand-up. Uh, like here in town, we have Junior's Last Laugh. Like yeah, all kinds of like these stand-up venues that right. have like names that suggest that oh, everyone's crazy and silly. <laughs> I wonder if there's a booby hatch out there. <laughs> there should be. There, so so many people not, confuse it for a strip that. club. Yeah. <laughs> if, if there's not, we're making it a right. thing. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, come come for the stand-up and stay for the breasts. <laughs> But that sounds backwards. That sounds, bad. sounds backwards. So anyway, uh, so he's locked up in this 
hospital or whatever. Right. But again, the nymphs come to, to, to his aid. Wow. And they feast upon the head doctor, freeing Frederick. And uh, they even manage to tip him off the name of the castle with the, the, the ruins. Huh. So, uh, also, I want to point out that the two who free him are twins. Oh. Like recurring pair of actresses. Yeah, that, yeah. Or in his films. <laughs> the creepy twins. Yeah. <laughs> Those ones. Those ones. <laughs> So now at the name of the castle, he can locate it on a map and travel there, and he boards a train, and he does that. And uh, <laughs> he arrives at the dead of night, just like he did as a child. Wow. No way. <laughs> awesome. And uh, so the ruins are teeming with these vampire nymphs, again, wearing uh, colorful, see-through fabric. It's not even like an outfit. It's just, <laughs> is, it just is it just like chiffon, like? fabric yeah there's like, like a hole cut for a head and you it's it's a poncho it's, it's a clear poncho sexy poncho wow so uh yes nymphs and uh as well as jennifer the woman who frederick uh-huh. saw 20 years earlier uh-huh. and she hasn't aged <gasps> whoa perfect right? <laughs> i keep getting older but she stays the same age all right all right all right <laughs> Sounds good to me, man. Sounds good to me. But that's not all. Cause, uh, so there's Niv, so there's Jennifer, but there's also Frederick's mother, uh, Boner Killer. Uh, <laughs> she, she arrives to take care of some unfinished business and to share a deep, dark secret with her son. Oh, no. Apparently, when he was a boy, their village was preyed upon by Jennifer. Uh, she's a vampire, surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She lured and turned young women into her nymphs. To do her bidding, I wow. guess, and also feasted upon the men of the village. Okay. And uh, Frederick's father, being one of them, he died. That explains that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, his mother then uh, stalked Jennifer in the or in, in the day. I almost said the night, but I guess it would have to be in the day. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. the other nymphs, and uh, left them trapped in, trapped inside their tombs. And uh, Jennifer had been communicating with Frederick. As a boy and now as an adult through astral projection. Oh. Ooh. So her spirit left her body to lure him back to her <laughs> to sort of resurrect her. Because uh, she's not entirely dead until beheaded and burned. Okay. So ah. I, that was something that his mother didn't have, like, the guts to do. I see. Like, she was mm-hmm. okay with stabbing the okay. heart. <laughs> but I don't know, beheading, that's like, you know. That's, a little, that's, that's a crossing messy. the line, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So... Frederick's mother leaves that part for her son to carry out um, while her hired goons or other villagers or dudes yeah. uh, work. <laughs> they, they make quick work of the nymphs. Okay. So that ever make it out alive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing a trend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, like, these goods, uh, this also explains the guy with the gun earlier. Right. Because Frederick's mother has been working with this group to kill all these vampires and to also keep Frederick from learning the location of the ruins to, so that he doesn't also inadvertently uh, <laughs> yeah. bring her back to life. You're kind of screwing everything up here, Frederick. Yeah. <laughs> This poor guy, poor Frederick, <laughs> always fucking things up, literally. <laughs> so I don't want to entirely spoil the ending, but uh-huh. Frederick decides to fake the beheading to fool his mother. Oh my god! So that you know he and Jennifer, his love since the time he was a kid, right? Which is also weird. Yeah, that is odd. Uh, I don't can, like that. They're, they're gonna live together. 
it, he love like a weird vampire version of Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> uh, although the ending is sort of fun, but I ah, uh, what the hell? All right. So spoilers, everyone. <laughs> Spoiler alert, guys. Uh, so he like you know saves her life and waits for her for his mother to leave. <laughs> And then they strip down and, like, hang out on the beach again. Hey, all right. Hey, man. And then they make love and do all these things. And uh, they decide to set off together. She bites him. He becomes a vampire. Okay. And this is the interesting, weird ending that's sort of romantic and weird. Their plan is to uh, (laughs) stow away in a coffin on the beach so the tide will take them out. Oh. And take them to a nearby island that's just off of, just out of sight or whatever. Which I think that's like, there's a lot of faith put in the Yeah, I was gonna say. yeah man. <laughs> because that's, that's not my first choice. <laughs> because uh, that area is sort of like a resort, so like fancy rich people come there. Ah. So they'll just feed mm, on them. Mm. No blood tastes like rich blood. I guess so. <laughs> So there's like a, a scene of the film at the very end with the coffin floating and it's sort of being brought in by the tide and then a hard cut to it further out. Because <laughs> you can tell it wasn't just quite working yeah. right. And this needs to go faster. <laughs> just the like, fuck, cutting and having two crew guys just push it out yeah, further right. and then rolling the camera again. There's uh, a lot of that in Virgin Witch. Yeah. <laughs> So that's Lips of Blood, and I liked it. It's a bit of a strange combination of things. Yeah. Uh, no doubt what has um, The made. title's different. Yeah, yeah right. It doesn't have vampire in it. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a change. <laughs> but it's all the things that I think uh, roll-on films are notable for, for or known for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one part erotic vampire flick. Who knew? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Even having probably more nudity than what is necessary for an erotic vampire film. Right. <laughs> How does that make sense? Like, like the whole photography, like the girl masturbating. I'm like... Yeah, why? <laughs> she could have been doing anything. Interesting. Maybe it was like porno B-roll. <laughs> we, we need to make... We need to bring in the money somehow. Yeah. Uh, but there are also a lot of like surreal... I don't know, like less linear clues that Frederick is uh, provided with by these astral projections uh-huh. um, to sort of help him find the way to the ruins. And I could, could understand if someone watched this and said, I don't get it. Uh, yeah. You can't blame him, can you? Yeah. <laughs> but, but for me, it's a little like a low budget, watered down Mulholland Drive. Ooh, like I the love kind it. Of, the clues are there, but really only by the end. Like, all the the people, I like that analogy. Yeah. yeah. All the people trying to interfere with Frederick, like you really don't know why they're doing that or who they are until the very end. Oh, but okay. like there are sort of yeah. clues. Like so, I watched this a couple weeks ago, and then again, so it was fresher in my mind. And right. The second time around, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I've already seen it, but <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm intrigued. So, you said it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, I don't. I oh, you he can said it might it. be okay. Yeah. I got. I got to find out. Okay. Oh, I can just borrow it from yeah. you. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So, uh, uh, Roland's depiction of like this undead existence in a sort of timeless space, I found interesting, and uh-huh. also something that can't quite be put into words. Like these vampires, Jennifer especially, is trapped. Uh, as a prisoner inside her own body for decades. Right. Interesting. Like, what is that? 
Yeah, I right. mean, just imagine what that would be like. Like, you're conscious, but you can't move for <laughs> fucking years. Yeah, right. That's a nightmare. That sounds absolutely horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, shoot. Uh, I have no mouth and I must scream. That's what I was thinking. No, um, <laughs> it's like sleep paralysis. But oh, like yeah, probably. For years. But forever. Yeah, yeah that's for, a living hell. Yeah. <laughs> like, as someone who's dealt with uh-huh. sleep paralysis before, and it, it's, it's, it's like, what, it's like 15, 20 minutes max? Yeah. Just that alone is terrifying. Yeah, it's... Like, <laughs> for that to be, like, years on end... That would be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be yeah. the worst fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's also something like a bit romantic about Jennifer. Uh-huh. Like she spends decades trapped, but she's also able to like sort of explore the world through this astral projection, but it's not the same. Like it has limitations. Um, it's nothing like living. Right. So right. you can go to these places, but you're not experiencing them. And she, what she is free, she expresses how, how much she's longed to like feel the wind on her skin and to hear the, the crash of the waves by the beach. Because mm-hmm. the beach is like, well, this, these ruins are like on a cliffside. Right. So like they're right there, but you never hear anything. Okay. So I, there's something, I don't know, kind of romantic. Yeah, about it is. Just, yeah. I like that he's his vampire stories, he always seems very sympathetic towards the vampires. Yeah. Uh, but not in any, like... I don't know, like weird way, but just kind of uh, they're they're tragic, you know, or yeah. or they're um, at least in my movie they're they're misunderstood or something, you know. So right. yeah, I, I yeah. Kind of, it's kind of interesting. Uh, my gripe, well, gripes, it's kind of the same gripe uh, is uh, that it is sort of low budget and the uh, the filming schedule I bet had something to do with this. Okay, but there's a lot of. A lot of atmosphere in this film that uh, has potential but never really achieves what it could be, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the number one example is the cheap-ass wooden cross in the crypt. <laughs> <laughs> because literally, it is sitting on a flat like floor <coughs> with three or four rocks just at the base holding it up. Like that, You want to keep vampires in because they're a danger, this, that, the other. Right. That's the fucking best you can come up with. Yeah. Like... A breeze would have knocked that thing over. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or just a doofus trip, trips over. Or just some horny doofus. Yeah, like... The- I need to fuck some vampires. Move this! Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird and cheap. You know, like, I saw yeah. that, and I'm like, what? That's gonna do it? And I laughed. That's all it took? Yeah. Damn. So, like, that kind of flimsy... I don't want to say filmmaking because there's a lot of other good stuff, but like yeah. at times, like those little things, um, right. make it kind of goofy. Uh, I gotcha. But uh, I suppose to make up for that was the metric ton of attractive nude or semi-nude <laughs> natural seventies babes. Naturally, yeah. Like from the start <laughs> of the film, always a good on. time. Yeah. Yeah. So that said, I enjoyed Lips of Blood, and if you're in the mood for something European with dudes yeah uh, lips of blood uh, won't steer you wrong <laughs> i give it two and a half okay i okay. think it was close to be at a three yeah you've won me over yeah <laughs> so. i definitely want to see this yeah again i've again. watched it before yeah, <laughs> all right i've seen this before so comments yes we have a couple okay uh, remember all of you listening to leave your diverse unique and quite frankly little disturbing comments at slaughterfilm.com or you can email us at slaughterfilm at hotmail.com. And uh, you can even call us and leave a voicemail by dialing 1-814-636-1378. 
And we'll play that message. Yeah. Record it onto our creepy answering machine. Woo! <laughs> I should show the answering machine sometime. We can see how creepy it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so down. It's got ghosts. It's you haunted know. as shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it farts. Like, what the hell is that? <laughs> so, first comment from uh, Ben Godby on Facebook. Oh, my God. I loved Beware Children at Play when I was younger. The cover sold me. <laughs> yeah, it is an awesome poster. <laughs> uh, Chris says, hey, guys, real great show as always. Uh, there's nothing that brings together, brings us together more as a podcast nation than the murder of children. <laughs> he says, yeah, man. I know how much Forrest loves the seed and be- beware children at play where the cult leader gets the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> he says, so I'm working on a YouTube edit to make that seed last five minutes. Yes! <laughs> yes! This is what we needed! You are my hero. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Novelist Host says, a film about children getting butchered? Sign me up. <laughs> yes, I love how we were yes. just all on board for our, that. Our listeners just hate children. I love it. Children aren't awesome. They're not, you know, they're expensive, they're gross, they're they yucky. They're... One took a crap on my shoulders once. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Like a bird. Like a bird. It was weird. Like one one threw up on my shoes. Yeah. Like, like a cat. Yeah. Like they don't even like, know. Are they even human? I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. Like, that, but granted, the kid was like eight, so I'm just like, you, <laughs> you should, should know better. better. You should know better. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Ros- Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle. Uh, <laughs> funny you should mention him. I don't know how, why I mentioned him last week. I but, can't remember. Yeah, but uh, he says there's something. Um, there's something fascinating about him. There were at least three attempts to make an Arbuckle docudrama. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The first attempt was by uh, John Belushi, but then he died a few months later after, like, getting the ball rolling. Right. Then John Candy started, and, you know, we then, know what happened to him. Yeah. And then, last but not least, Chris Farley. Oh, my God. So there's a, a fat man conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's just, it's just the, the ghost a, of Fatty Arbuckle saying, no one will tell my story. You know? <laughs> there's a curse there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That is crazy. (laughs) Yeah, because, well, his story was that uh, he allegedly did a terrible thing to a young girl who died. Right. Uh, But a lot of that, she very may well have just died on her own. Yes, it's highly speculative. Yes, Um, there was a lot of... uh, It could go both ways. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of yellow reporting back then. Yes, Which was... Oh, you could. The ball's already rolling. They already think he did it. So just say whatever you want in the papers. Right. And yeah. also, um, the Catholic Legion of Decency at this time was like wanted to paint Hollywood as Sin City because they wanted um, heavier censorship laws. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. the Fatty Arbuckle thing is what eventually led to the enforcement of the Hayes Code. Yeah. That's because right. Because Hollywood was right. fearing government censorship, so yeah. it's like we gotta police ourselves here. You know, so we got we gotta watch ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we right? gotta be careful. Yeah, that and also. Not to sound like a racist. <laughs> oh no! The old, the old uh, thing about how the Jews owned Hollywood, or right, whatever. right. So, like back then, a lot of the studio heads were Jewish. Uh-huh. They were Jewish so, immigrants, yep. especially when uh, things that were seen as indecent were in movies or stories like this about Fatty Arbuckle and other celebrities came out. Right. It was lo- looked at, especially by Catholics. Like those Jews, yeah. Are up to no yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's a fascinating. It would be interesting to see a movie made by it, but I don't want any more 
rotund Hollywood actors to die. So right. yeah, <laughs> I don't even know who we can. Please, Jonah Hill, stay away from this. Let's not have anybody else die in the process. Of... Kevin James. Yeah, Kevin James, stay away from the fatty Arbuckle story. <laughs> yeah, let's not have any more uh, actors die trying to get the ball rolling right, to get a fatty right. Arbuckle biopic done. And everyone too is going to be like a what? Uh-huh. I could see maybe like Netflix, but yeah, yeah. So he, it'll be a Netflix series. It'll be like six or eight episodes. Yeah. You know, the first episode will be about him and his fame, and right. then the event occurs, and then you know the trial. There are three trials. Yeah, I know. So there, that's weird. Th- that was that was a highly publicized right. thing yeah. that yep. happened. Yep, I've read a couple articles about it. Cool. And well, thanks for that. That was yeah. interesting. That yeah. is all for. Uh, for uh, comments, but right. I also want to take a minute, really quick, before we wrap things up, to give a shout out to Don over at Horophilia Podcast Network. He's been diligently sharing Slaughter Film Podcasts with That's his right. audience. That's right, yeah. Uh, week after week for I don't even know how long. So thank you, sir. Yeah, Thanks, thank man. you. <laughs> and I'll make sure to share a link in the uh, show notes to Horophilia. Uh, so you can check out what Dodd's been up to, as well as all the other great podcasts available there. Yeah. I am familiar with him. He has cool. some neat stuff. Yeah. I'm very happy with a cool. lot of the stuff he has. Cool. All right. And of course, as per usual, turn to our website, slaughterfilm.com, so you can hear news and reviews related to horror and sci-fi and fantasy and action and other genre films we love, and occasionally talk about classic uh, events from Hollywood's early days and everything. Yeah. Did, uh, did you... <laughs> Did you must remember this? Never do a story about Fatty Arbuckle. Yes. Okay. I, gonna, I feel like that that's like ripe for that that podcast. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So uh, for more, tune into you must remember this dot com. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, crossover. No, not really. <laughs> um, a little bit of a shameless self promotion. Yeah. Um, I have um, a review up. Um, oh. On uh, um, well, there's soon to be a review up on my Tumblr. Oh sweet. Um, if you guys want to follow me, it's Rhiannon Gorehound. Um, there's two X's, Rhiannon Gorehound, and then two more X's. Okay. I'll make sure to link to that too. Cool. So. Yeah, because I'm a I'm a straight edge little shit, but that's another story. <laughs> um, I have a review on the recent Netflix film Velvet Buzzsaw. Oh, okay. Coming out um, with Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm a total slut for Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> so there's that. Um, but uh, same guy who made um, Nightcrawler. And yeah. that movie is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and I really liked Velvet Buzzsaw. Cool. So if you guys have Netflix and like really um, tasteful horror, um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a different kind of tasteful than John Roland. Yeah. <laughs> um, gotcha. Yeah. Um, it's about, well, you know, I, I don't really want to tell you what it's about yeah, yet. Yeah. It's one of those deals where it's like, it's in the air. Um, okay. It just came out two days ago. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, been a lot of talk about it. it it's fantastic. So I ha- I'm going to be having a review up on that. So right, if you guys want to check that out and my other reviews, that'd be sick. Sounds good. There you go. All right. All right. Huh? What? I'm going to go break my other foot now. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. Bye. <laughs> This edition of Slaughter Film was produced by Corey Carr, music by Vanguard, and introduced by me, Ricky.